0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Create Invent Podcast. I'm, as always, joined here with my lovely assistant to the regional co host, JeremyScook.com. And today we have a lovely guest here. It is Stephen Hawes from Opulo.io. He builds these lovely uh, pick-and-place machines that I have one of over here. Yeah. And we're going to talk to him about all kinds of cool stuff. How are you doing today, Stephen? I am fantastic. Thank you guys for having me back. What is what is a pick-and-place machine,
1: first of all, Pat? Can you, can you tell
0: the audience that? Huh? I'd like to tell you what a pick-and-place machine <laughs> is. Sometimes, like, Jeremy, you are a pick-and-place machine. You're a slow... And methodical one, you pick up, you take the little tweezers and you pick up electronics components <laughs> and you place them onto a PCB. What Steven has is he has an open source robot with a camera on it that picks up the resistors and the capacitors and puts them in the correct place for you. Kind of like everybody knows what a 3D printer is now. It's kind of like a 3D printer, except with... Except with thingies. Electronic thingies. With pneumatics. Air grabber. Yeah. Instead of... <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's a
2: pneumatic tweezers. Is kind of like the joking thing, I'll call it. Is like we, we I actually, like that a lot. When we had to rename, we were looking at a bunch of fun names for like, what should we call the machine? And someone suggested Pinzette, which is tweezers in French or something. And that has stuck oh. with me. I think that oh, is such a pretty, cool name, you know? It does sound yeah. great.
1: And I yeah. mean, you, you so. know, Fran- France is a big country. There's probably plenty of people who need a pick and place sure <laughs> yeah
2: exactly <laughs> although maybe they'd be like tweezers i don't want to use tweezers i want a pick and place machine and then they don't <laughs> look at it Then anymore. they go somewhere else
1: <laughs> exactly um, yeah <laughs> so so yeah if you want to hear more about that we we went over that quite a bit in episode 56 when we had steven on before and he was nice he's been nice enough to join us again he could uh you know one of one of our guests had decided to Endure our hard hitting journal brand of journalism that we have here at the Creed Invent <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Since then, I think it was when did we interview Steven? Was it about, about a year ago? Maybe a little, maybe a little more.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's been a minute, huh? Yeah. It's
1: probably yeah, been what's a little our, over What's our
0: new episode number, Jeremy? 70 uh, this is like something? 73, maybe
1: roughly 73 ish.
0: And his was 56, and it's about 56. one a month. So it's been almost two years. Can you believe
1: <laughs> that? Wait, had we
2: not even shipped a machine yet? Is that really? No, you? you were
0: you were you were starting to ship. You you just ran out of early bird specials, and you told me you said, "Pat, if you want to order one, I'll sneak you in an early bird." Wow! Deal. So
2: I talked with you guys right after we started shipping the kit. That yeah. that feels like a decade ago to me.
1: That's so <laughs> weird. That's well, the that, weirdest that's, context. Wow! That's great. So so what is. What has happened between, how is your business, we, we just want to know how your business has hopefully exploded since then. What would you, what would you say you do here? As, uh, as <laughs>
2: so, wow, that, that, that is just crazy. So yeah, when we first talked, it was, we, we pretty much had no idea. We knew that I had a YouTube channel with people that followed it. And we knew that some people told us they wanted to buy a machine. And then when I talked with you guys, a bunch had on launch day. And that was kind of all we knew. And it greatly exceeded our expectations of what we sold that first day. But we're like, is this just like a flash in the pan? Is, is, did we immediately saturate the market? Because everyone that wanted a desktop pick and loose machine already followed me on YouTube. And they bought one if they wanted one. And that's the end of it. And so that was, that was huge. Um, that, was a, that was a spooky feeling for us. So when we talked last, that's kind of where I was mentally about it. Um, and so one of the first things we did is after we got the kits out, I interviewed a ton of customers. Like you've you've done this thing, you put it through, you're definitely an early adopter market. What's the worst part about this? And then everything that they told us distilled down into three main problems, and that has been the only focus of the company since we last talked.
0: Um, Can I guess just, one of the problems?
2: I <laughs> You could, I, I'd actually I would love to. I just want to get because yeah.
0: I loved I was envious of the second machine as yeah. soon as I saw the spec sheet. Yeah. Because we had to my friend Brian did the work 3D printing all the parts for this. Yeah. Cuz he wanted to be involved. Sure. And that took I don't know how long that took it but that took a while. I was so excited when I saw that your well, this was called the version 2 I think though. That's the V2. And the ver- yeah. V2. I have the V2 and that yeah. confuses me because this is the first one you shipped so I'm dude, a little you're telling I'm me. a simple it, and person. And then the
2: motherboard <laughs> on that thing is the Rev 3 motherboard and the V3 machine has a Rev 4 motherboard. Oh dude, it I I would go back and change a lot of naming things, <laughs> but yeah. So what was the biggest the biggest problem that you had? What was your biggest frustration?
0: You flat pack the machine is there's a side rail the side piece the side piece in the middle and the gantry ship assembled now. Yes. Do I understand that right? Totally. Fantastic. So in, That's worth every extra penny. So that
2: what you just said was the first thing that we heard is people didn't <laughs> want to burn. A ton of time <laughs> assembling a pick-and-place machine. Like, if, you, if yeah. you're if you buying a pick-and-place, you want a tool and not a project. You want it to just build your stuff. And if you have to burn two weekends putting this whole thing together, like, you are an early adopter. You probably are into it a little bit because it's, like, a fun thing to hack on. But also, you kind of want it for boards. Like, that's the reason you buy a pick-and-place. So, that was our number one thing. And immediately when we got that feedback, we're like, Cool. It has to come almost fully assembled. And that was the first thing we did. And that was V3. Um, and that was only a few months later. Like, we, we started sh- uh, selling them in mid-February. And then that July, we launched V3, which is the semi-assembled version of it. Because that was the, the number one thing people said.
0: Yeah. So, so what, what, uh, what else? Not surprised to hear you say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you uh, had two other, two other things you were going to tell ex- us.
2: <laughs> exactly. So, then the second one, uh, and, Pat, I'm, I'm expecting you to go, uh-huh is strip feeders. Uh, Loading strip feeders on a machine is not the most fun thing. Um, And there's some memes in our Discord server of like, you're peeling the film back and all the parts go (laughs) bling. If you need a place to put your parts and there's not that many of them, especially if they're wide tape, they're fine. They work great. You don't have to reload them that often, but having to manually pull tape through so that the machine can pick those parts, and then when it runs out of parts in that strip, you have to reload it. That's a huge um, detriment to automation.
1: Well, now it, just just uh, for whatever everybody's clarity, when you yeah. say that, can you can you break that down for somebody that maybe you know electronics enthusiast, but not necessarily knows what what you talk
2: the pick and place? What, what- yeah. So the nozzle yeah. on the lumen has to pick up. A bunch of parts
0: to put them on your board, and those parts and the, have to The nozzle is
1: basically like a pneumatic tweezers, right? That's pick, coming exactly. down, actually picking it up. Okay, okay great. You guys exactly. say pneumatic,
0: and that's a fancy word. It's a little air. vacuum. <laughs> a
1: vacu- yeah, yes.
0: there's a yeah. tiny little vacuum pump. It's a little
2: motor with a really cool geometry inside of it that pulls a light back. Vacu- it's actually pretty strong. You can pick an entire Arduino Uno with the lumen, a full Arduino. You can just pick it up. It's kind of cool, but that uh, that little pump. Pulls a vacuum through a nozzle, which is just kind of like a tiny little opening. It's like a little needle, kind of, and it goes and it goes on top of a part. Turns on the pump, picks it up, and it's holding the part, just like s- kind of stuck onto the tip. And then it uses a camera to do all of its calibration and alignment, and then it places it onto your board. That's all well and good. And if you pull, uh, if you you need some way to serve these parts up to the nozzle to be picked, visioned, and then placed again. Right. So you, the easiest way to do that is you just have a little 3D printed shape that lets you pull this tape through. All these components come on like a uh, tape of certain standard widths. Uh, the document right. defining these standards is fascinating. It's so cool, <laughs> I've looked at it quite a bit. Um, and it th- this shape just holds this tape in place. And you pretty much tell the machine, hey, you can just pick here, then move up four millimeters, pick again, move up four millimeters, and that's how you kind of go through and pick all the parts. And that's fine, that's what everyone that had a V2 used. Um, And that's what we used to build the first 400 machines that we sold. (laughs) Uh, But you have to reload the tape after a while. It's not as automated as it could be. So the Mm -hmm. second thing people told us was we don't want to have to reload strips. We want what's called a powered feeder. So this is something Mm -hmm. that takes the tape in and automatically moves the tape forward very precise amounts. So the nozzle can continually pick from a reel of like 5,000 components. So you load it up once, set it off, and it will pick 5,000 parts or however many are in your reel, typically passives are 5,000. You can get like 10,000 ones if you get small parts. Um, and you don't have to touch it for thousands and thousands of parts instead of like 30. <laughs> so that it's was the amazing. second thing.
1: Huge, huge, huge. That's amazing to me as, as somebody who worked in industrial automation for you know a decade or so that just this even works. It's just it's mind-blowing to me, <laughs> <laughs> that the, the precision and everything that's involved. Yeah, good for, good for you and good for everybody else that's building that WC's <laughs> machines because... I have a
2: lot of help, but yeah, sometimes I'll watch the machine run, especially nowadays. I'll get to some of the other updates that we've done recently, but I'll watch it run and it's just kind of, I'll just grin at it and watch it go because it's just, it's fast. It's automated. Like the amount of movement, the amount of like change to what it means to run it since we last talked is, it's a lot. Like it's just so much easier to use. It's great. So, So that was, that was the second thing.
0: But while you're on the second thing, because it's related, how... I don't want to say how reliable is the machine. That's the wrong question. But, you know, like we started out, with our first set of boards, little guys with 10 little boards, because we figured that was a good balance between how much do we think the machine will successfully deposit, like from zero without knowing anything. We could probably get it to deposit this many, but deposit's probably the wrong word too place place thank yeah. you we could get it to place this many components but like would i be able to scale the like today would i confidently be able to scale that up and get a a big giant board that fills up the empty space on there and let it run for eight hours is that a yes I, is is a short answer it's not um, i believe you <laughs>
2: It's it, it won't take eight hours because there's very few jobs that it's not just fast that it will finish And like I would struggle to get it to run a job for an hour, I think. Because um, you guys actually asked me last time and I was wholeheartedly unprepared for the big hard hitting question. I was going back and rewatching the last episode in preparation for coming on again. And oh, man, I didn't have my numbers. Shame on me. But, but uh, this time I do. Like the, the CPH that we had, uh, which is chips per hour, which is like the universal metric of like measuring
0: a pick and place machine. And Boy, and last time we did it by minute, I think. So we did it I, all wrong. Did we? I thought we had CPH. I don't know for sure, but that's okay. my memory. Okay. But that doesn't mean I'm right. We, don't we trust forget, my memory. We
1: forgive everybody. Uh, everybody's forgiven us.
2: Yes. You. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I think we were at like 500 CPH. Uh, so you could place 500 parts in an hour, which is fine. It's not incredible, but it's okay. And, but that wasn't really the point of the first version. The first, like, any amount of chips per hour automated is way better than tweezers. So we were just trying to get, like, to something first. And now I actually just ran a test yesterday to uh, get a new metric. I've managed to hit uh, 1290, so almost 1300, so over double. Almost they're getting you know. T- two Jeremy's and a half times. doing the
0: math. He's looking up and doing what
1: he's. Yeah, one yeah. Of these. it's like so when I'm it's, just saying that's what's a part every three seconds roughly, which is
2: a little less than cool. three seconds, and that well, that makes a couple assumptions. And the way that pick and place, I don't like the way a lot of pick and place companies say their CPH because they just say it can do this, but what they mean is there's a tiny this. little strip feeder, and then the board's right here, right <laughs> next to it, and they don't have vision on, so they go beep, beep, and it's like they have a crazy <laughs> high number but it doesn't that's not a realistic board so i've been going through and trying to like actually give useful numbers of like if you have vision off and it's a reasonable placement distance this is your cph if you have vision on it's like 800 900 cph with vision on which is most of the time what you're going to get so like nice. i'm trying to give useful numbers there's even actually a spec of like how do you accurately consistently measure cph with like a standard which i'm looking into trying to get get happening
1: but um so i have my numbers on it this time <laughs> I, nice. I, I, I come awesome. with my data <laughs> well you know it's, it's funny because our last our last guest pocket pocket 83 he said he talked about uh marketing and bad math and everything so i feel like you know, I feel like you're you're on it with that, and and also you're from You're uh you live in Pennsylvania too, so you guys aren't. Yeah, it's uh I
0: don't know, a little callback. Yeah, pockets to yeah. up there too, is which, Not just me. I'm, oh, not, cool. I'm also from, but everybody is right. apparently. Everybody yeah. is except except for, me, for Jeremy. Florida.
2: I'll take it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you're kind of from the opposite. You're from Connecticut, and now you've you you have come down to the middle. Middle. Yeah. I guess it's still. I guess it's still the north. It's kind of northeast.
2: Like, some people say it's Midwest, but it's not really. Some people say it's east coast. It's kind of not really. It's, like, it's kind of in between. Um, It feels more Midwest than east coast to me, but, like, I grew up in Cowtown, Connecticut. Um, So, I was very much east coast. Like, I could drive 40 minutes and get to the water. So... You know, okay. Pennsylvania feels like the Midwest. Yeah. Or I should say uh, Pittsburgh does. But, you know, I love yeah. it. It's, it's great to be in a city where there's like stuff going on and it's such a good sized city. It's so affordable. There's so many good reasons to start a hardware company here because it's got CMU and, and, and Pits, Pitt, Pittsburgh specifically, right? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah. We're in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's on the far west side of Pennsylvania, almost Ohio. We can drive for 30 minutes and get into Ohio. Okay. Um, nice. It's great. It's fantastic. Okay. But, but yeah, well, so I, I went on a huge tangent there. I'm sorry. About, no, that's,
0: that's, uh, the that's what our podcast all about. But <laughs> it seems like... We should probably f- touch on problem number three. Yeah. Well, so we, we but we solved number two. And,
2: and that, that was a bit I hadn't gotten to, which was oh, we shipped power yes. feeders. So we made this little, I really should have brought one to show you, but it's this little robot. You can, like, I can hide it behind my palm. It's not huge. And it bolts onto the machine or it kind of automatically, you don't need tools to mount it. And it loads in a spool and it will feed up parts consistently. it talks back to the machine, full communication. Um, and we just we did eight millimeter feeders that we which, which supports a tape that's eight millimeters uh, wide. There's like standard widths. there's 8, 12, 16, 24, 32, 44 and then some really weird ones. Um, so we did eight and we shipped eight in April and they've been out since then um, and working great like they make the machine so much faster. and then actually just four or five days ago, Uh, we put 12 millimeter variant on our website. So now you can also get the 12 millimeter um, width, which is 90% of the parts anyone will use in their job comes in eight or 12. And sometimes you have a 16 and 24 of like weird parts, but for the most part, everything's kind of in eight and 12. Um, So those were our big priorities.
0: I was excited, Stephen, to watch your video about the dollar thirty-four manual automatic. Yeah, theaters. wow, you remembered the neat price idea. of it. I'm impressed. You remembered yeah. that exact number. <laughs> well, I went and looked, and I wrote it down. It's in our notes. Oh, I wasn't okay, going to okay. remember. I... <laughs> you could have really wowed me there. You didn't have to tell yeah. me that. <laughs> well, I don't want you to think that I. I already told you I have a terrible memory. We know. <laughs> we've established that three minutes ago. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I thought that was neat because if you ever needed a, like, if I decided I needed to put one more component on it, I don't have the stuff here. I could just 3D print a dollar $1.34 yep. thing, even if it's slower than the full automatic. Right. It's slower and it also, it puts a lot of undue stress,
2: like lateral force on the head, which isn't great. Um, and they're also kind of inconsistent. Uh, I think that it's possible yeah. to design them to make them more consistent, but it's if, you're, if you're really on a budget, I mean, you can also build a feeder yourself. You don't have to buy them from us. The source is all open, like everything we do. So if you want a powered feeder, we, have a, we also sell the really hard-to-source stuff on our site. So if you just want to, like, make your own and save a buck, we help you out doing that so you can build them if you want. But, like, it's a thing to build them, but you can if you want to. Uh, but, yeah, even the thirty four, it's pretty cheap to just print some crap out and slap it on the machine, and if it works, it works.
0: When I saw that, I thought it would be neat. Like if you had one weird big component, like an ESP thirty-two or something, that you were picking, yeah. put that in a manual, and put the three thousand capacitors that you need to place in the, <laughs> on the, in the good the power ones or something. So, so it's yeah.
1: similar. It's similar to the one that you would buy, but it's, but it's it's cheap and it's 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 both cheap in name and, and in price. It both, what do well, we so what here? it does Jeremy, is the instead b- of- the
0: mechanics, the motor is the. The nozzle goes into the feet into the tape and pushes. Oh, the nozzle is pretty, the, pretty it's the, clever. the mechanical. It's I, I can see why you shape. wouldn't
1: want to do that all the time, but it is that is clever. That is yeah. It's nice.
2: just it it will kind of like use the nozzle tip to go into. There's little holes in the side of the tape that it's meant for a sprocket to kind of like move the tape forward. That's how we do it in the powered feeders. But if you just drop it into the tape, pull it forward, then you can pick the part. The problem is the film is like a, a thin sheet of plastic that's adhered on top of the tape that holds the parts in, but you have to peel that off all passively just from pulling the tape forward with the nozzle tip and getting that to work was really fun. It was tricky, um, but it they're not the most consistent thing in the world, and that's why we were like, we still have to do the powered feeder thing. Like, this is not... It, it doesn't matter if no they're any
0: good, good. It was fun watching you make them.
1: <laughs>
0: For that entertainment was, it purposes, was it video. was great.
2: Yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well... What is, what is number 3 though? I think I think I'm I'm curious about this before we
2: Number 3 is a uh, software setup. So we okay. use OpenPnP, which is a piece of uh, awesome open source software that controls the actual machine. It's the thing that does the machine vision, it's the thing that does the uh, actually like generating the G-code to send to the Marlin host on the Lumen, get telling it how to move, doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, turning on pumps and valves, all the, all those decisions are made in OpenPnP. And getting Open PMP set up is hard. And we've done a lot of things to try and standardize that. Like the devs for Open PMP release all kinds of cool new features and stuff, but they, they're they always kind of making changes. And we need to have something very consistent for people that are like always, you know, we, we can't change docs every time they make an improvement. So we kind of standardized on a certain version that we know works and is consistent, doesn't have bugs. Um, and we're trying to like get the docs to be better. And we're also trying to like look into ways of like making the software easier to use and more intuitive. So that's the one we're currently working on is trying to find a way to make like software setup, running the job, keeping track of things uh, easier.
1: So, so gen- generally better software is number three and something that you're improving on at this, at this point. Is that exactly. Is that and like open BMP works. It's, it's it's it works great, like
2: you can control Lumen with it, no problem. it's just you have to learn a lot of stuff to get it going and there's there's some things I think like to the u i that we can do to make it easier to get going with it, and we're- we're exploring what what can we do to try and make it so because that's right now that's our number one the problem that people have uh is using the software to run the machine like machines. Mm great. It works super well. It's like figuring out what setting, what checkbox, like there's a lot of those little things because OpenBMP was built for people that make their own pick and place machine. And now suddenly it's standardized for this one thing that we're trying to put it towards. So this Swiss Army knife that can do all kinds of stuff, we kind of only ever really need to use like three of the tools in the Swiss Army knife. So mm. how do we keep people from being like well what are these other 70 tools in here well you don't have to use them with this machine we've we, we're so our docs we spend a lot of time on our docs use these Right. yeah tabs. what do, what do you need what
1: the curly machine? uh curly pointed thing for i think that's right for open yeah line, but nobody <laughs> exactly
2: uses that. yeah so i mean it's a great piece of software it it works it's just it takes a lot to learn and i think there's some stuff that we can do to make it easier for people to get set up with a job Import all their stuff, get their feeders set up, all that kind of stuff. So we're we're just kind of trying to figure out how we can do that. And right now we're doing that with making our docs a lot better.
1: Nice. Well, h- yeah. how many how many machines have you sold at this point? I mean, I know you had the Kickstarter. I right? that was a couple hundred, couple thousand. I don't... That's
2: a hard
0: hitting question. Oh, sure. yeah. Is it...
2: I, I don't have a number off the top of my head. Um, we we actually never did a Kickstarter. We had our launch day, um, oh, which was right. it was all just us because we didn't want to give kickstarter the cut and i did a kickstarter in 2019 and they didn't really give it was a great platform they were super helpful but it didn't give me a lot more eyes and sales for the mm. cut it didn't make sense to do it here and i had a youtube channel with you know 45,000 people that i could push push it towards so um uh, but we sold out a, uh
0: we had a is a lot when you're talking about a pick and place audience yeah that's, yeah, kind that's of early true. adopter
2: that's... market you know yeah yeah so um yeah. So it, we sold out a hundred in an hour on that day. So for context on, on, okay. you know, that was kind of like the first wave. I don't really have a number for it. many, many, many hundreds of machines. I, I don't many, really many know hundreds exactly. Of, okay. But,
1: that, that's good enough. Yeah. We're uh, we'll accept, yeah. we'll accept that.
2: It's, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know exactly. It's less than 10,000.
1: I'll ask Lucian. It's a lot. <laughs> you know, you market yourself for the various means. I wanted to ask, have you seen um, the show Severance by any chance? No, but it's funny you say that. Like literally yesterday I was looking into watching it cuz someone recommended it to me. Okay. I just wondered how your product placement was going in in that from that. Why?
0: I had to look this up. I had to look this up, Jeremy. The system that they use in Severance is called Lumen. L U M O N.
1: And and they and there, there's it's Anyway, it's it's not Oh, this is the mind wipe show, right? It's the mind yeah. wipe show, right? Okay, and it has nothing okay, yeah, it has nothing yeah, to do yeah. with your PNP. But when I saw yeah. that, I just thought of you, and I thought this is so hilarious. <laughs> if they had somehow like like given them like a product placement and it just went went horribly, but that would have been
2: wild. The Lumen places wild. your parts and wipes your brain. <laughs> uh oh! Oh, Jeremy laughed too hard
0: and now his video cut out. He did. Jeremy, are that's you there? That's the second time that's happened. But last time it wasn't Jeremy. last
2: time. Not able to share their video and <laughs> audio. Oh no, Jeremy.
0: Oh <laughs> no. We what should I do? What's asking me?
2: This might be an internet issue on your side. Close all tabs, refresh the page, and rejoin the Jeremy's screen.
0: browser is not supported. How did that happen?
2: <laughs> Suddenly. <laughs> Riverside the pushes recording. an update. All active <laughs> recordings with an old version of Chrome <laughs> don't work. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> we
0: we to I I told a story a few episodes ago to a gentleman about my brother-in-law when he was installing his uh washing machine. Yeah. Clothes washing machine in his new home, brand new yeah. built home. And he didn't put the hoses on right and it, it flew off and it started leaking. It started oh, spraying. No. What Please do you spray. do when the hose starts spraying, Stephen? Uh turn off the water? You do. That's not what he did. He took the oh. hose and put it in his mouth. That is the worst possible way it's to do the It's the worst possible problem. thing you could do. <laughs> do you think he could but swallow it fast enough? Like that's—I don't know what he thought. It just—I mean—he probably saw enough cartoons and said this is the right thing to do. There's an inherent upper limit on how long that can last. Like you're eventually going to
2: yeah. fill up
0: with water. Like you can't
2: do that forever. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. But um, I hate I, to I, tell I, the same story twice, but it made our guest laugh, and he went backwards, and this video went dark. And the video and cut out? <laughs> the same, yeah, the same thing happened. Really?
1: That's amazing. The, the, thing, the thing that's interesting, too, is because I, I went dark, but I think <laughs> the thing went out. But then I can hear you and Steven talking about me. I mean, you didn't say anything <laughs> too, too, uh, too nasty about me. I fact, not particularly bad anyway. No, I don't think you did. I'm, I'm kind of making that up. <laughs> but it is it is kind of funny that uh, you know I talk about some um, weird like, lo- you know some stuff stuff on that show Severance and then it yeah you know, oh. just oh oh and they gonna, wiped you out they wiped me out yeah that, that's that's the conspiracy with it whatever. was product
2: placement they just made you forget the fact that it happened
1: yeah but but no I mean I mean seriously though you, you talk about <sighs> marketing obviously you had a, a you have had and have a YouTube channel that was fantastic for this mm-hmm. now another thing you've been doing I guess you could call it marketing you could say. You have a, a podcast now, so yeah. that's that's awesome. You know, you, you know. Welcome, welcome to the club. I suppose. Thanks. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's we, we, we How do you constantly... feel
0: about it? Is what I is my yeah, main question. Yeah.
2: So the reason we even did it is because we're I I am probably very annoying to everyone else here at the company about being on mission. Like everything we do here has to be. Every decision needs to be about, is it helping people manufacture their products? I have this printed out and put up in every room. How are we helping people manufacture their products? That is the reason this company exists. It's why we're open source. It's why we sell individual parts. It's why we sell the machine. And another thing that we... So far, we've only been doing that by shipping a robot. That's the only way that we've done it so far. But there's a lot of stuff that Lucian and I have learned in the past couple years of running this thing that would be helpful. I would have killed to know a lot of these things a couple of years ago when we were really starting out. So the podcast is really a way to help people figure out how to structure a business and organize something around the idea of mid-scale manufacturing, starting to ship a hardware product using the Lumen, like do this thing where you're making your product in a nice linear scaling fashion without having to spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on a contract manufacturer. How do you do that? So the podcast is also trying to help on that mission um, and Lucian and I have these conversations anyway, and if they could be helpful to somebody, why wouldn't we just sit down for ninety minutes every couple weeks and record one of them? You know. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's why yeah. we chose to do it. It's fun as heck. I love doing it. It's such a blast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I bet. You, yeah. Well, I listened to your um. Was it the one with um. Chris from CNC Labs. The, 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 yeah, CNC yeah. Labs. How did you right? know that?
0: How did you know? Because that's the one I listened because, to this because week. Because he's too. the
2: only guest we've had, and you said the one with, so <laughs> I just with, figured yeah. it was
0: that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I thought you did a great job, and I thought, um, I thought, I thought University of Waterloo sounds pretty awesome too. I think they yeah. had a good nice plug for them. Wow. Unreal,
2: wow. actually. A lot of when Lucian and I worked at Formlabs, the the resin three D printing company, um, we hired so many interns out of Waterloo, and they were like, it's. It's such a great school. It's such a cool school. So many intelligent kids coming out of that program. Um, And Chris is also a great example of that, Chris and Andy. But yeah, awesome, awesome place. So yeah, it was cool to hear how much they really do to help students try and launch a thing that has kept them busy for the better part of a decade. You know, it's kind of wild.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize they have been around that long, but I guess, you know. Well, is that true? (laughs) Maybe I'm exaggerating. I mean... I mean, 2003 was only 10 years ago, right? So I guess that. <laughs> I got some news for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but most of a decade. Yeah. I think
2: he graduated college around the same time I did. I graduated college in 2017. So if they okay. started in like 2014, we're coming up. We're like eight years, seven years. Okay. For them. So yeah, better nice. part of a decade, I guess. Um, I think that's yeah. I'm not entirely sure.
1: Yeah, but um, yeah, but yeah, and now, now your podcast is uh, it's, it's open. Open hardware. I'm trying to think. What it open, open hardware manufacturing. Hardware. The joke is ohm, like ohm, ohm yeah, like resistance.
2: Right. Uh, okay, but yeah, open hardware manufacturing podcast. The ohm
1: podcast. Okay, um, and you guys so talk we, basically anybody, anything having to do with manufacturing, cetera, it, Just basically what you're what you're doing, and I think that's you know, I think that's awesome. Yeah,
2: I think so. I, some of it is like we definitely talk uh, about being open source too. Uh, so. You know, if you're just shipping a hardware product, but you don't really care about being open source, you know, a subset of them will apply to you. And, like, maybe also you'll glean some stuff from the fact that we're open and the community engagement kind of side of things. And, you know, what we do to be aware of our community and, like, support them in the way that we choose to. But uh, a lot of it is also, like, like the one it's coming out tomorrow. I'm actually listening to the rough cut. Uh, I was listening to it right before we hopped on it's about sourcing and like how do you contact a vendor get samples Mm. buy a bunch of them how does the money work how does the shipping work what is ddp versus dap you know uh uh, water uh, like sea ship airship what are all the pluses and minuses of that um so that's the whole episode that applies to anyone trying to build their own thing themselves and you need to source parts
1: yeah well well, i was i was good One, one request or whatever one thing i would
0: be so interesting. Jeremy I mean, wants you to do an episode on something. I will. No, seriously. In our in it. our
1: Discord, if
2: someone says, "Hey, we want this episode," we have a list in our in our company Notion, and we just put them on there. And when Lucian and I are like, "What do we talk about?" We look at the community requests and we pick one of them. Like that's literally how we do it. So
0: okay. if you yeah. want so us get to hear Jeremy and go to Discord, in. and put <laughs> no, it in. No, I'll, I'll, I'll type it okay.
1: in right now. Tell me what you want to hear. Right, we'll all we'll all put right. it on the list. What, what I what I would like to know about is is number one. When do you have to do RF testing? And maybe you've talked about this. I, I don't know. It just seems like something that, that I don't know. And yeah. then number, number two, what do you, uh, how do you handle import duties and why, you know, you're importing all this stuff and you're not necessarily being taxed on it. And then it's like, how do you, how do you resolve handle this? that?
0: With,
1: yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe, maybe f- you go over that in your podcast. This well, next And Jeremy, when great. he
0: wrote this down, he doesn't just want to know why, when, why, when to do RF testing. He wants to know how. Right. Well, I, I do I believe was in there.
1: Maybe that's what I said. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that might be a might be a big uh, big ask.
2: Well, no, that, that's a totally valid question, and that's exact that that if I had a nickel for every time someone asked me to talk about RF testing like EMC testing, I'd have a lot of nickels. So, like, I it's it's on the list, and we are in the process of being able to communicate that.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: So that one's coming up. Uh, the other one about duties and stuff uh it's literally the episode's coming out tomorrow as of this recording. So, so we're talking about all so the duties So people should
1: subscribe right now. So they'll they'll know when yeah. they, out. If they
2: if they'd like to, sure. Yeah, we we'd love to have them. But yeah, we, we talk about like how do you cuz we, we Lucian Lucian really likes to go super in the weeds. He's he's like the best kind of nervous of Are we doing our due diligence? It's great. It's like such a wonderful operations lead characteristic because he's just so aware of like, are we doing our due diligence? Are we compliant? Are we blah, 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 blah. He's so on top of it. It's awesome. So when we first. You must be like
0: me, Steven, where you just rather ask for forgiveness. I, when something I, goes wrong, I just hope it works out. So it depends on what we're fine. talking about,
2: because sometimes I'm <laughs> way more conservative, of like we need to cover our butt on this thing, and Lucian's not. And then other times it's the total opposite, and that way we balance each other out so well. Like it's it's okay. it works really great. But I, the um, oh yeah, go for it.
1: Oh, I you say, and I guess we haven't even said Lucian is your business partner, correct? Or he's, he's... yes,
2: yes. Okay. He came yeah. on after we raised a little money, or I I I started the company and raised. Raised money from an investor uh, through a safe note, which pretty much means they, uh, he's a great guy, Joel Spolsky. He does, um, he started Stack Overflow. Um, Oh,
0: I know who you're talking about.
2: Yeah, he's he's such a cool dude. He's awesome. So uh, we had him come on with uh, an angel round, uh, and he gets, it's a safe note. It's like a really cool way of raising money early on, where uh, if we ever do a full institutional round where we have a proper valuation, whatever the money he put in at that valuation, he gets that percentage up to a certain cap. And like, there's all these rules about it. you will leave that as an exercise to the reader. But, um, so we had him come on and then, uh, Lucian wasn't vibing with his current gig. He saw that I had raised some money. He's like, "Hmm." and we've been buds for a decade. Uh, so he's like, maybe, maybe I'm just going to move out to Pittsburgh and see what this whole thing's about. And then, you know, it's been going ever since. So yeah, he came on very early on.
0: When we first talked in episode 56, you told us that Lucian was your first employee. Yes, that... And we that. thought he might be fake. No, he's very right. real. Yeah.
2: But also, first employee implies he was being paid, which he was not for a while. <laughs> Neither him or I was for a good long time. <laughs>
1: well, that's the best kind of employee. Uh, if yeah, it, it
2: works, you know. And, and someone that I can be like, how are we going to do X, Y, Z? And he's like, I don't know. Like having a, a friend in it is such an important part of it. I always kind of poo-pooed the idea of, in college I did a lot of like startup incubator stuff and they're always like, you need a co-founder, you need a co-founder. And I'm like, no, I don't. I can, I can do it all. And I can do a lot of the technical and marketing and stuff, but to have someone next to you figuring this stuff out and bouncing ideas off of is invaluable. It is like the absolute most critical thing about it. I think that's the best value of having someone that you do it with, you know, having a true partner in what you're trying to accomplish uh, it's so important more than I ever thought it would be. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great to have
0: Jeremy him. tried to have a podcast by himself for three months between me and the previous co-host. I, I did. No, that's, that's true. Cause I, cause, uh, Max maker, our first,
1: first co-host actually the guy who came up with the idea for this podcast. He decided yeah. he basically didn't have time for it anymore. And as you know, it does take time. And I was like, you know what? I'll try to do this on my own. And I just mm-hmm. found that it was, it just wasn't just wasn't any fun, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Not that, I had some a couple of good guests, but and they were fine, but it was just like, I don't know, it, it's hard doing stuff by yourself, you know? It, yeah, it can be, and there, there isn't as
2: much social pressure. Like, if you have a bud who's like, hey, we're recording this day, right? And you were kinda on the fence about doing it anyway, it's like, oh yeah, I guess there's kind of this social obligation that this other person's expecting we're gonna do this, and it puts the pressure on to actually make it happen, and you know, it's, it could be useful. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah i was t- I was talking to somebody who's like like I like working for myself, I lo- love working for myself, so, but every once in a while it's like it'd be kind of nice to have somebody that says, no jeremy, don't don't go don't go don't go bounce around on that other project that you think is kind of cool today. go ahead and finish yeah. the other one that you've got 90 percent done, and you know, I have to be yeah. that guy for myself and the guy. You know, it's hard (laughs) like
2: I I will get to a point where if I come into work and this sounds really sad But it really isn't but if I come into work and I'm like, I'm like, oh man I really want to work on XYZ. I have to stop myself and be like, is that actually the most important thing? Like am I just trying to fit this in because it is sounds fun like I I am Every job I've ever had before I've had to someone has told me Steven do this and I'm like, okay And then I do that thing (laughs) and they're deciding if that's important I'm the one who has to make that decision now. I'm constantly going, is this the most important thing? I, all, every day I make 40 decisions of, is this the most important thing for you to be working on? Is this the most important thing for me to be working on, for us to be working on in a month? Like, that is draining, and learning how to do that was one of the hardest parts of working for myself, is having yeah. to learn to constantly prioritize for the trajectory of where we wanna be. It's so much, it's so much.
0: Well, well and well, Stephen, how, you're how not many... just working for yourself. You have employees now, plural. Yeah. Now, how do you we feel have... about managing people? How's I that? Love uh... it. I love. Okay, it.
2: it's it scared the heck out of me uh, to start because for for a lot of reasons. I mean, the the first and most significant one is I am now someone's income, and if I fail to do my job, someone has to get a new. They have rent to pay. They have to buy groceries. Like this, it was one of the most serious. Uh, responsibilities to take on Is hiring somebody of like we We're affecting this person's life Like it has to be mm-hmm. such a serious Decision to do this it cannot be made Lightly so that was one of the earliest Stresses and the, the managing Thing is you know we hire great People intelligent creative Wonderful people that we love working With so the, the management stuff Is easy we're all just a team working together Trying to build this thing and ship more Machines uh, but the, the Responsibility of like yeah, I have to be able to write the payroll check every couple of weeks and know that that's going to come in consistently, and I'm supporting these people. That is the that is probably the biggest stressor and anxiety um, of doing it. And like, it, it, we're, it's never really a problem. It's never actually ever a problem. Like, we can always do it, but it's still. It's still a stressor. Like, I'm still responsible. What if for it is
0: a problem next week? What if something goes horribly? I, exactly. There's like, always yeah, a what if.
2: There's always a what if. What if, you know, there's a bank fraud and our bank account gets drained and I don't have any cash. To, like, what do I do? I have to think about all of those, you know, edge cases of things and put stop mm. gaps in place to support these people that are giving us their time to facilitate this mission. Um, and, like, that, that just has to be the most important thing. So we, I, I spend a lot of time stressing about that and making sure that I'm taking care of them and and that they're, you know, they're getting what they need.
1: Well, how many how many employees do you have at this point?
2: Uh, Hard hitting question again, at, <sighs> Jeremy. I, I'm not, I just, just wondered. It's <laughs> under it's under ten. If you count contractors, we're I think we're at like ten. So at like 10? okay, seven or eight uh, full time, and then a couple contractors depending on when we need stuff um so you know here you're at a fun size it's a great size like i can i can still stay on top of everything that's going on be in the loop there aren't uh information silos yet so that works great there doesn't have to be an extra tier of like managing for all that kind of stuff we all just kind of move in tandem uh you can know
0: everyone's name and maybe even where they like to go to lunch i i there's a small enough number
2: We can, we, we all go and like hang out at a party on a Friday. And like that, I I don't ever really want to lose that. I don't ever want to not know the name of someone that I work with. Like I heard this story. I forget who it was, but someone was like on the bus uh, or like on the subway. And someone came up to them and like, yeah, I work for you. And they were like, oh, nice to meet you. That scared the heck out of me. I was like, I don't ever want that. I don't want to not know who works. You know what I mean? That just feels so weird. I don't know.
0: I've worked at companies with, with a hundred employees, a 2,000 employees and 50,000 employees and the smaller they get now I did this in the opposite order though I started with the big company it was working my way down to small the smaller companies are so much nicer to work for
2: they can be yeah enjoy
0: it while you're smaller small yeah you'll be fine at 100 I think we'll be okay yeah
1: yeah but I I mean the thing is if you you know maybe you're at the point where you can't know all your employees names the good thing about that is maybe you have a yacht or a private jet. So, you know, that's uh... a... <laughs> okay, oh, a but... yacht?
2: or a... I thought you said a private chat, like individually chat <laughs> with them.
1: I will yeah. never buy a yacht or a private jet. <laughs> okay. Well, you can buy one for me if you want.
0: <laughs> well, there's not enough water in Pittsburgh, Jeremy.
2: <laughs> there's three rivers. I mean, I could take the yacht yeah. out on the river.
0: <laughs> there's a, there's a stadium at it, I think, right? Three rivers? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah.
2: That's I... It, it, I would, I don't know. I I, like I've worked at uh, where it was me and the owner. So two people I've worked at a place with 15. I've worked a place at 50 and a place with 500, but I've never worked at a company bigger than 500. Uh, 500 is big
0: enough that it's.
2: Yeah. That was form labs. There were 500 at the time. I think they're much bigger now, but yeah. um, Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see how the dynamic changes, how much infrastructure is there in place and like red tape and processes as those things go up and like we've had to do that. Like before it was just me and Lucian and a couple Excel sheets and we're just grinding out long hours packing stuff into boxes and now there's like, one of the things we're most proud of is if you go to ohai.opula.io, ohai is O-H-A-I, which stands for Open Hardware Assembly Instructions, all of our, oh hi, (laughs) oh hi. All all (laughs) of our uh, assembly instructions that our techs use to build the machine are open. So anyone can go and see how we actually build the machine. It's all, Open and freely available um, so you know that's infrastructure that like we had to write that down and like kind of codify how do we actually build this thing how do we make it consistent our QC checks all that kind of stuff uh, and that's a huge growing pain with getting bigger is like yeah you kind of have to put some structure in place you have to sign up for a health insurance plan you have to get business insurance you have to do the grown up big boy stuff
1: is it Steven seems to be paused oh Steven stop moving. Okay. Oh, no, well, I'm sorry. I there he goes. There you go.
0: You're by- okay. You know what? I, I <laughs> was going to say. You might have just say, stand it
1: we've been standing still. Should, we should probably take a coffee break at some point. So maybe this is a you know, good time. time Good time to do it. Does that sound, sound cool. good?
0: Sounds good to me. Works. Yeah, I, was, to I was even looking at the clock because this is about the time when we would have a coffee break usually.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we'll do that. Maybe we'll talk about some more open hardware stuff and talk to Steven when we get back.
0: <laughs> but, well, this is fantastic. welcome to the coffee break everyone i don't need to tell you who we are because we're already here uh but my friend jeremy here he usually does a good job of reading off the top five patrons from patreon
1: so yeah we're doing our shout outs and uh i'm reading them off because i, I can i can indeed read so first off we got timothy moran our our sacks level patron we appreciate that carl um you know, we, we appreciate you as well. I hear you're getting thrown back in your seat by, by YouTubers these days. Michael Sizer, Raptor, creatively spelled, Stuart Morrow, Brian Moses, always appreciated. And of course, Positive Waves, thank you so much for your support. We, uh, we appreciate it all. Now, now Pat, if, if somebody did want to become a patron of the show, where could they do so?
0: I do know where they could do that. They could go to patreon.com slash create, invent, all one word. Excellent. Well, they don't have to put cash in my pocket here. I would be very excited if any of y'all would go to speakpipe.com/createinvent, and you can leave a voice message. But we can, if you would like to play your voice on the radio and answer your question, or I mean, it depends on what you say. You could tell us that we're dumb, and I'll play that.
1: I, I do the final edit, so we'll see what we'll see what comes out in the wash. But uh, that being said, Pat, it's not played on terrestrial radio at this point. It's actually pl- played on our podcast, right? It is. is it's on
0: correct? our podcast. Our podcast is not broadcast through the air. Like, should not I get one as... of those little tiny FM transmitters just so we could say that it's broadcast? I could just have it sending it out of my house like a little tiny pirate radio station that only reaches my garage.
1: As far as we know, it, it's, it's certainly possible that somewhere in the world somebody has pirated our podcast and has it up... You know, broadcast somewhere. I, I we think could that's
0: be famous in Tuvalu or some little country.
1: I, I hope so. I, I don't know how many radio stations they have in Tuvalu, but they probably don't have a lot of choices. So, you know, if you're listening to us there, then please, please, please call in. We would love that. Speakpipe.com/slash/create/invent. Well, we were going to use those very soon, and we're we're looking forward to it.
0: Jeremy, I heard you're working on something
1: new. I've been working on a light-up pick. I call it a light strum. Because I could register the domain for that. So if you go to lightstrum.com, you can find these picks that basically when you strum a guitar, it lights up. Or if you hold it in your hand and press down on it, it actually lights an LED. So I think it's pretty awesome. I've, I've sold a couple so far, so hopefully I can sell some more. All that being said, this is going to be clipped up into two episodes. So, you know, hopefully you enjoyed this one. And soon we'll have the next one out for you for your audible enjoyment.
0: Fantastic.
1: Speakpipe.com slash I got some news for you.